Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Caleb here. I just want to do a quick intro before I get you to the episode with Luke and Ian from Cleopatric. I would imagine most of you are new here. And if you're new here, I hope that you enjoyed the episode. Uh, and I would encourage you to stay. I would encourage you to check out uh, some past interviews, some past episodes. Uh, we're really, Craig and I are really taking this seriously. Uh, we want to try to grow the show. We are outside of the podcast for just as much as this community, uh, as you likely are outside of the fact that we have our own, uh, musical projects. Uh, we're just fans of music and we want to kind of continue to grow and be an alternate voice for the community. So I think that if you are, find yourself part of this, whether it's new rock mafia or just a fan of rock music or whatever, I encourage you to stick around. I'm not going to ask you for a like or anything like that. Uh, at least not right now. Basically just, just reach out to us. Let's have a chat. Let's talk. Uh, we want to continue to grow this thing through 2021 and we would love to have you be a part of that. Uh, so hopefully you enjoy the show. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Uh, please just enjoy, uh, the conversation that we had here with Luke and Ian, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad to have finally had them on the show and hopefully we see you around. If we jo- if you enjoyed the episode, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Uh, and let's, let's talk about some music. Here you go. Cleopatrick. Yo, check, check this out. Caleb, I love you with all my heart, but you are not a These guys put a pot smoking Ottawa band on the litter or test. Best podcast ever. Welcome back to We Should Jam Sometime. My name is Caleb. I'm here with Craig. Hey, hey. And of course, finally, at least for me anyway, this has been a long time coming. I've really wanted to do this interview. We're here with Ian and Luke from Cleopatra. What's up, guys? Yo. Yo, what up? (laughs) (laughs) I thought so hard. Ian was uh, into some scalp potatoes and he couldn't quite get on the phone call right away, but we finally (laughs) figured it out. Yeah, we made it. Sorry if I burp. That'll be. We had to throw you under the bus terrible. for that one, buddy. Sorry. We like to uh, insult our guests right away. <laughs> just to get it out of the way. <laughs> just to get it out of the way. Loosen up the situation. The public actually don't know that I eat potatoes, so that's. Uh, oh, <laughs> you're gonna have to. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to edit that out, please. Also, as a disclaimer, uh, I like to usually tell people this: that if if you say anything that you want cut, obviously, you know, we will cut it out. Um, but if it's like. If you could be canceled for it, I'm going to keep it if I ever need it in the future. Yeah, we need it. Yeah, totally. so it'll for be ourselves. out of the episode, but like I'll have like a little side. Respect. Like Cleopatric. Yeah, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. It keeps that. everybody on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. noble. You got to make it count. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so cool. So I think um, I've met Luke. We've met once. Ian, we've met a couple times. Um, obviously, I would have liked to have done this in person, maybe next time. Uh, but obviously we've got a little bit of a pandemic situation still. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know your, your 2020 plans were definitely uh, a little messed up, but has, has anything in 2021 been already pushed back for you guys? I know we're early in the year right now, but what are we looking like? Yeah, it's kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Surprisingly already, but, but it's not that bad. I mean, like we're, we're pretty good at staying positive. Uh, but yeah, like we're just, we have like this record and it's being mixed um, and we've been trying to put the jets on for everyone, but between COVID and like, you know, wanting to make content around songs and not really being able to, Ian and I haven't jammed with each other in like a year, <laughs> not a year, but like Al- maybe six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like we're, we're, we're trying to uh, keep our hands on the wheel and the foot on the gas, but um, yeah, there's already been a couple curveballs, but. The music will come out. Yeah, I mean, at least there's that. Like, like the pandemic can't stop you from releasing music. Like that's we were just talking beforehand. Craig was actually just in the studio today, so thankfully studios are still running. And if, like, if you can do stuff at home or whatever, like True. at the bare minimum, you can still put out music, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Totally. Which I was surprised by. I like. I mean, you guys. The last time you guys were in the studio was in a house. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's like home studios are kind of the, the godsend right now. But uh, I mean, it seems like some studios are still trucking along. Um, and you guys like do you, do you guys do some home recording kind of stuff too, some demos, that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. We've always done like basement demos. Uh, they've always been super shit. Um, so like <laughs> it's not really reliable for anything like as as far as like what we'd want to put out. But um, 
at least we have that. I mean, super grateful to be able to like put down ideas and stuff. I was going to ask, but you just said that you guys haven't really been jamming in a while because I was curious just from my own uh, band's experience over this whole thing, if like the writing process, maybe not as changed, but I know that there were some songs pre-pandemic that we were prepared to go to the studio with and now those songs are like we've totally scrapped them or or put them away and written better songs that we've since recorded uh so i don't know how far along you guys were in like the recording process of the album but did anything like that kind of happen after this whole thing started and there was much more time to kind of focus on the songwriting because there's no shows or anything like Uh, that absolutely yeah man yeah like suddenly suddenly like the album was well, I mean, it, it had always been like all we had to look forward to really. It was, it's like the most exciting thing for us. Um, but yeah, suddenly it was like that's all we had was like the prospect of eventually recording. Um, and yeah, so a lot of pressure got put on the songs. And it ended up being really good pressure because we adjusted some ideas and wrote some new stuff that's like by far the best stuff on the album, I'd say. Yeah, that's awesome. I know like just from personal experience, there was... I noticed that we were rushing and I didn't notice like pre pandemic that we were rushing, but there Mm -hmm. was just some stuff when there's all that we had to do was kind of just write and chill and take our time. I was like, Oh, we've been like rushing parts of the songs or like you took our time and you go back and like rewrite where like we would not have done that if we were focused on playing shows and stuff like that. So now hopefully soon, sooner rather than later, like we're going to go back to normal, but that's something I'm definitely going to keep with me moving forward of like, totally. you don't need to rush through everything. You know, it's not that important to get the song finished if it's not going to be like as top tier as you can make it, you know? Mm, totally. Were you guys kind of revising, like since once you had the time to do so, were you guys kind of revi- revising on what you already had or were you guys kind of going through the bank or just starting completely new stuff? There's a little bit of everything, I guess. And we've never had a very big bank, unfortunately. I don't. I I've never really been able to finish an idea that I don't like fully believe in. So stuff kind of just dies, which is fine. That's actually really interesting. That's important, I think, as a songwriter, to not to know when to let go. How does the songwriting process work between the two of you? Like, is it a lot of Luke, and then you guys form it out together, or how does that kind of work? Yeah, like I think um, a lot of the like starting points. Well, actually, it's kind of a mixture, but but a lot of, like, ideas that come together in, like, arranged kind of, like, form, I'll start. And then it always ends with us, like, taking a really hard look at them and, and tearing them apart together and adjusting things and imagining what it would feel like to play alive and, and all these things. But we don't really have, like, any set way. Like, it just happens. It's just whoever has an idea. So coming from as, as being a two-piece, like, uh, I would assume thinking about how you're going to perform it live takes a, a, a big part of your writing process then, eh? Yeah, definitely. There's certain things that we just can't do, which is cool. And that limitation, I think, helps us make more unique decisions, actually. I was actually thinking about this today. I was just kind of like listening back through the catalog. And I know sort of the newer stuff, I was wondering with how much you guys play and sort of like you've played you know, in Canada, the States, the UK. I remember, I don't know if you guys ever saw the Foo Fighters documentary, but there's a piece in there where Dave talks about writing enough space and how the way that like a UK audience would react, like how they would dance to songs, like dictated the tempo. Yeah. And I was wondering that you guys like how a lot of like, a lot of songs are just like fucking balls to the walls, like with like with Good Grief and like Sanjay specifically, mm-hmm. like the newer shit. Has that, that's got to be an influence now when you're writing and like, how do you kind of manage between getting the song and keeping that like live feel? Yeah, I think, I feel like we, with every song, we kind of talk about that, don't we? It's like, we, we discuss like what crowd it's for. Yeah, that's, that's, that's (laughs) been a part of the, I I think that's solely been a part of the process, like since the, since the beginning, like playing to 10 friends in Peterborough, like we wanted to make them jump in a certain way like it was yeah it was that's kind of picturing the crowds that didn't necessarily exist and then now luckily some crowds that that do exist it that's yeah that's a huge part of it so say say you're gonna you're gonna play a show for a a welsh crowd what are you gonna do what are you gonna write for a welsh crowd (laughs) i think that i guess i in my mind i kind of lump all the uk together but they like to bounce up and down yeah (laughs) honestly like good grief that was like one 
that I really pictured like our UK crowd for. Yeah, that's awesome. I was uh, I was wondering since you have done Canada, you've done some US shows, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I thought so. So you've done Canada, US, and the UK. Are there any? And speaking sort of in like the live show culture, are there any like core differences between the three? Europe is definitely like hands down the best. But I mean, like also we're speaking from a, a guitar music perspective, where like course, in the yeah. UK kids think guitars are cool still and so it's it's just different like you, you feel that kind of like respect in canada canada has like canada's like a mixture of the two i'd say like if uk's most hype canada's mid hype <laughs> and then in the in the u.s it's kind of like it kind of feels like you're fighting um oh wow not always but like yeah. um they're just a little bit more skeptical because i think american music there's so much there's so many more options and and especially in like youth culture in america people listen to hip-hop and you know like more digitally produced things of course and that's something that's really hard to replicate on a guitar but you can kind of get there yeah i think like i think canada i'm also like obviously kind of speaking on my ass here but like i think canadian music in general no matter even where in the country you're from there's that like pride that it's canadian regardless even if you boil it right down to like hometown where like in the states i don't think there's that same probably pride with like their bands and stuff like that because so much it's like obviously from the states right like there's something really that special about it being from america per se Mm -hmm. yeah i know what you mean kind of just feels like the world i don't know yeah it's such a big melting pot down there yeah yeah for sure i was uh i was talking to a band uh today and they were like oh from the uk and they were like oh it's cool that there's like people in america listening to our music and i was like oh like actually i'm i'm from canada not that it probably matters but it's like a little <laughs> less insane up here so i'll just let you know you're like oh, oh that's that's actually way better yeah <laughs> mate you're from canada god i, I didn't like you at first but you're a good guy <laughs> well if you guys were to write if you guys were to write a song for uh for the american crowd like what, what what would you have in mind would you be keeping in mind i think uh i guess another thing maybe would be that like i feel like the American crowd's more into like the riffiness and and kind of like the the musical part, and then in Europe and the UK, it's like hands down the lyrics that are most important. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I like I like that they're focused on the lyrics. You know, you don't have to you don't have to put a lot of all rights and babies and ooze in there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> fill the space. Yeah. No, they they love to sing along and like, yeah, they like wordy stuff. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit because this was something I wanted to ask you uh, for a long time. And then I actually got my answer uh, from a Loudwire like interview or whatever. But uh, I want to dive deeper. So I saw um, an article the other day that you guys or Luke or whatever cold emailed Ali, <laughs> the head of rock at Spotify for hometown. You like cold emailed her as a fan. And I really want to dive into that. So maybe if you, <laughs> if you want to like tell the story, maybe and then we can go from there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so check it out. Um, <laughs> where does it begin? I think it begins where at the part where I went to college for music business management. Nice. Um, I, did a, I did a year of that at Durham College, and that was like somehow my, my plan B to music or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I went to school because I, I think I've kind of just felt insecure about like really putting all the chips on music. Um, and so my backup plan was to like work at a label or something like that. I don't know. It sounds like a bummer now, but yeah. So like being there, I, I learned a bit about the music industry. Um, and I'd obviously try to apply that to um, my band. Um, and uh, yeah, there's lots of talk about like playlists and stuff, which is something I never really thought much about. In fact, I didn't really use streaming services until like, I feel like it was like a weird point in my life where I, I realized that, I don't think I got what it was. I didn't realize that it had every song <laughs> yeah, um, and that you could like save them and listen to them at any point. Yeah. So I don't know. Eventually I got, I got Spotify or I had Apple music at first and then I ended up getting Spotify and I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And then I started to like look for music, which is what Spotify is great for, like trying to find new bands and stuff. And then I truly realized like the power of playlists. And that was right about the time that we were like recording the boys EP and stuff. So that like, kind of became a, a goal that i had for for that music it's like some playlist support on spotify our goals were set pretty low like we we just wanted like 
I forget what they're called, but like the, the ones where it's like a normal human being just yeah. making a playlist that's sort yeah. of popular. And we got a few of those. But somewhere along the lines, maybe it was in college or just on the internet or something, I'd, I'd seen like artists tagging Ali Hagendorf, the head of Rocket Spotify. And I kind of realized that she was like the gatekeeper. And I did some like not so deep diving on the web and, and found her email. And I had it saved in a note on my phone and I was just waiting for like the day that I would have the confidence slash the... <laughs> the songs to send to her yeah. yeah and yeah so flash forward we record the ep and hometown is is on there and i really believed in that song just one day decided like yo now's the moment i'm gonna i'm gonna use this email but it wasn't it wasn't as, as brave as that because i ended up like half chickening out and pretending to be someone else <laughs> where I, I was like i sent her the link to the the song and i was like OMG, Ali, like, you've got to check out this band from Canada. They're called Cleopatric. They just dropped this new song, Hometown, and I'm obsessed or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's so lame. How many fire um, emojis did yeah. you put on there? I don't think there was any emojis. I probably wrote it, like, like trying to make it look like I was, like, a sort of older, like, okay, well-versed music listener or something. Right, <laughs> right on. And I remember thinking, like, if this works and she finds out, like, my email is is it just has my name Luke Grunts in it. Right. Like, so I, I was, I remember thinking like, if this works out, there's, she's bound to notice and she's going to think that I'm like an idiot. Yeah. But uh, I really didn't expect her to even read it. But yeah, so I sent that email off and, and literally 20 minutes later, I like checked my phone and she'd replied and was like, OMG, this rocks. Uh, I just put it in the new noise playlist. And I remember just being like, wow, like the fucking internet, that, that is just crazy. Yeah. And I called Ian and I was like, man, we just got put in a playlist. Like, this is so crazy. Like, people are going to hear our song and think that we're a real band. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's like part of what it was. It was just like having our name in a playlist beside other bands that we listened to was yeah. like yeah. mind-blowing. But yeah, that was that was like the, the catalyst for a lot of um, what we've been able to achieve totally. over the last year and a bit is that single email. I think that that's uh that's important to like note, especially if you're like a new band that just like asking doesn't hurt. And like the way that you did it is like not all that crazy. Really, I remember um, Addison from Lost in Japan told me one time uh, when Lost Arts was starting to book shows. I was like, how do I how do I book shows? And he gave me the advice that he's like, when you email the book or whatever, just like write it as if you're your band's manager just be like hey my name's caleb <laughs> that's great i'm representing lost starts blah 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 and then he goes then you just like show up with an acoustic guitar or whatever but like it looks it reads official whether or not they believe you it doesn't really matter totally. it just reads good in order to get what you want lie yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that was kind of like the unspoken motto of the band though for a while was fake it till you make it i remember playing yeah, shows with like like the crowd's not there for you but you quickly like have a friend run to the back and take a photo that yep. makes it look like the room's packed totally. and that they're all watching your set uh, and then you post that oh yeah for sure totally. that's the i never understand bands that don't do that or they like post yeah. the photo where you can like you're like you could have just taken that from a different angle. What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like don't don't show like the hole in the crowd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The best the best trick by far that I found is you just you just for one second just go like everybody put your hands in the air. And yeah, just be yeah. like, All right, hold it, hold it, and get yeah. the photo. That's real a classic. Quick. And everyone knows when you see those photos, you can sense the energy's the energy's off. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, everyone does like they've it. They've got so their hands in the air, but they've got like a "what's going on" look on their face. <laughs> yeah, they're all looking directly at the camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like honestly, too, like in like your situation, what's the worst thing that happens? She doesn't reply to your email, and then like whatever. yeah, exactly. You're not any worse off. No harm, no foul. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, dude, that's incredible. Because I've been, I've been like, yeah, everything I've read about these guys, like, it, since it seemed like it was like a pretty average band experience, then all of a sudden, like, how did they get this song on this playlist? Because like my every YouTube video you look up is like you submit and then hope for the best, basically. Yeah. And uh, but that's interesting, man. I was uh, that's pretty fucking cool. And I mean, here we are, fucking two two headlining tours in the uk later that's pretty fucking rad mm -hmm. millions yeah. of streams later yeah. yeah 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 no kidding um yeah i don't i felt like i had a follow-up question for that but i don't think that i do <laughs> <laughs> worst interviewer ever God damn it. <laughs> dude no i'm kidding this is the worst this will be the last podcast 
<laughs> Cleopatra broke my spirit, and now I've retired. <laughs> yeah. Don't, hey, man, you're just not cut out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're changing the podcast name to "We Will Never Jam." Yeah, again. we will never jam again. The final jam. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think we could. Well, well more twenty minutes, and let's uh, let's talk about the new rock mafia. Uh, so cool. I. If you listen to the to the Zig Mentality and the Ready the Prince uh, in our podcast, I we talked about it, and I said I opened both of those by saying I'm not going to ask you what it is because I think that you guys are going to be fielding that question probably for the rest of your careers, however long uh, that mm-hmm. may be. So I want to get deeper because I've I've been a fan of you guys for a long time before it was I think the New Rock Mafia was like a a legitimate cult if you will <laughs> but I, re- I remember uh the first time that i i did the podcast with ray the prince it i asked steve about it because it was just this like caption that you guys were using mm-hmm. and nobody would seem to be questioning it but i did i noticed so i'm curious as to like was that just a caption that you put one day and then it like all of a sudden became this like fan club thing or like what was sort of the motivation from like caption to cult status yeah you know it it just evolved it was it was so organic and like we we never like set out it was never like uh that calculated move where you like name your fandom and yeah and like i, I don't know it, it was never about that it was just like we are super good friends with ready the prince and we were just becoming super good friends with then their band name was dubai but now they're zig mentality and yeah we were all just like talking about music and we all had like these views on on guitar music and how it should sound and like what we're going for you know our message and the vibe was just like amazing we just felt like we were really on the same page and then like at some point i think i just like we we were like calling it whatever this like friendship was many different things for a while and at some point i think i said new rock mafia in a in a caption and then steve was the one that really like was excited about that and like took it on. And I remember him texting me being like, man, like we should just make this a thing. Like should just be the new rock mafia. It just started to be a thing. And it's, and it's always been like pretty undefined. I think like as it's grown, it's, it's kind of turned into this, like, like a label that uh, helps the people that listen, like feel like they're in on things and they belong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's kind of like a name for our, our most engaged, most valuable friends and fans that are listening like it's it's an identity and it's also a way to just kind of like set aside our stuff from like the greater scope of rock music which is really diverse and you know there's a lot of highs and lows in guitar music right now a lot of really sick bands and a lot of bands that are really just there to kind of like profit they're like an industry machine Mm -hmm. so yeah like nrm kind of turned into like this canadian thing like it's us three bands that happen to be like neighbors to each other essentially and then it it, honestly like we just kind of left it at that and and these kids made it really into what it is which is like this cult thing i guess yeah Uh, yeah it's turned into like a community like you've got some very dedicated fans that have kind of all come together to congregate over these bands that they really love and it's so cool like it's it's so exciting to know that people care enough that that they're like um putting parts of themselves into this thing and like giving mm. us ideas so now like we just we use nrm to like super serve those fans we have like a list of their names phone numbers addresses like all this creepy personal information <laughs> Damn. Um, social insurance post numbers. it all yeah. on the podcast yeah. right now <laughs> yeah and we uh we just use that to like you know send them a personal email that they're not just on our regular email list they're on the nrm list where they get a link to something early or you know they get let in a little bit more wow my mom just sneezed upstairs and it was so loud I <laughs> my God. that's so funny mom what the something. hell yeah. <laughs> definitely heard something um, all right well i've got i've got a, i've got a serious question here who do you think would win in a fight oh god the new rock mafia or the kiss army oh shit <laughs> <laughs> definitely the kiss army I've the kiss heard. army so many of them they ride motorcycles like that's true we're like, like all dads we do have a, it's, <laughs> there is youth on the side of the new rock mafia though. yeah yeah it's true it's true maybe that's we're a little more nimble yeah, i think the kiss yeah. army, i think i think the kiss army has seen some shit though you know what i mean that's like that's, yeah, like, that's, that's a couple that's definitely. a few decades you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well even so speaking of uh getting a hold of the new rock mafia you guys have a pretty insane uh uh web 
you know, you guys, you guys span pretty, pretty far across the internet and, uh, you're, you're really good at it. You're really good with the socials. I was curious, do you guys enjoy it? Like, do you guys enjoy working on those socials and, and thriving on the internet or, or are you guys kind of like a slave to the trade of being on the internet all the time? I, I feel like we used to really love it. And then lately, like, I mean, this just comes with lots of people listening to our music, which like is obviously a thing to be grateful for, but like, it's not just, it's not just our like tiny little group anymore, which sometimes can overwhelm me. Like there's, there's every now and then there's like an asshole or, that just says some rude shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm slowly learning how to get over that and like accept that this thing that Ian and I made doesn't totally belong to us anymore. And it, you know, we're not going to satisfy everyone, but yeah, there's, there's definitely times where I'm like, fuck, I have to post on Instagram. Like, here we go. All right. right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It kind of feels like a, a chore, um, but those are not very often. Yeah, right. There was after you guys released Good Grief. I think Craig, when I were talking about it after you did it, you posted like an Instagram story of all the negative comments from Facebook, and I thought that that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and I knew I knew that like not everyone would love this song because it's just because it's new and like it's we we took too long after the Boys EP. Like we just grew up so much, like. There was just no way that we could like still sound like the boys EP and satisfy those people right. while still satisfying ourselves. So we made the choice to just satisfy ourselves. But I, yeah, man, there's been some hilarious comments. People are really pissed about the vocal distortion and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but listen, like it, it, we're just having fun. This yeah. is how we've always wanted to sound. Yeah. Uh, and like I'm really proud of this thing. Uh, sure, like it's intense, but it's supposed to be. That's that's how we sound live. It sounds fucked up when you're in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like I think it's really cool that we were able to like make this with our best friend and 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 make it sound like that. Like like how we sound live. And yeah, I, I'm stoked on it and I know the other songs will, will help people chill out a bit. But yeah, it's it's been kind of a trip reading them. I was just reading through them last night. That's probably why I sound a little passionate right now. <laughs> They're fresh. I was on Reddit. Eh? <laughs> when I'm fucking Were there Reddit, any that like actually idea. cut deep? Like they was like, wow, that's a little too personal. <laughs> Uh, I don't know because mm. I think you can look at all of them with like when if you can get past it like and look at it objectively you think like what is this guy doing man you know what I mean yeah exactly. they, kinda, like one, they almost become funny there was one dude on our Facebook and he was like saying something about this is just noise but then he started to like follow up comment with like pictures mm. of his guitars that he owns and he was like yeah, that made me feel way better now this is guitar and it was like that is a guitar yes what are you doing though man like what yeah. are you his framed picture of like Jimi hendrix or something it was like what are you it's like yeah. damn bro yeah. i think you're in the band now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly once once you can kind of like like just understand where people are coming from then it doesn't bug me nearly as much but it's tough though, it's just man. that initial feeling yeah and like especially with uh nothing else going on right now like it's so easy to uh immerse yourself online and just kind of become that person who's yeah lash out yeah that's that's definitely a huge part of it like if in an alternate universe we released good grief and played a show in my basement that night and saw all our friends and everyone was like smiling and and i would just like laugh at these comments but because uh we haven't done that it it's like a little bit there's a little bit more focus on them but whatever i mean learning to get over it yeah i mean it is what it is and like you said like it's it's you're in a weird place right now because like it probably still feels the same as it did like a few years ago before like blowing up essentially and now there's this thing where it's like it's yours but it's not yours and you just kind of have to grow and feel Mm -hmm. feel that stuff as it like comes in yeah all part of definitely all part of growing i guess I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about this pirate radio thing that you did too in um in like releasing good grief. I don't know, Craig, did you know about this? Yeah, I saw the it was like a uh like a matrix screen almost going on. Yeah, and then there was like a whole fucking website these guys put together that looked like probably the internet before any of us were born. I think I remember it. I think I remember it being like that. Uh, but yeah, that was fucking insane. And like, that's one of those things I'm was like just sitting here in my living room being like these fucking guys, man, like this is insane. And like the type of shit that like, if you know, we had more than 40 monthly listeners that I would definitely want to be doing, but I don't know <laughs> how I would go about putting a website like this together, but, uh, I don't know necessarily know. Like, I don't know if you want to speak freely about that. I don't know if I have a question necessarily just that it was a badass way to promote, promote the song. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We, uh, 
I think like in 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 analyzing what has made our band cool, it's been like stuff like that. Stuff where we've like done a thing that we know not every single one of our fans is going to care about or be able to experience or whatever. But like we just know that whoever does get to be there, it's going to be so cool for them that they're going to talk about it for like the next little bit. And everyone that missed it will be like, fuck, I shouldn't have missed that. Yeah, It's like this like FOMO marketing thing that we, we talk about with, you know, our like managers and stuff. But yeah, so like even more so than ever with COVID, like we knew that putting out, first off, like the first song we're putting out in so long and mm-hmm. something that sounds so different uh, and something that we're not going to get to support with a show or like a live stream even because of regulations. We were like, yeah, we, we have to do something cool like where people feel like they have a memory to go along with it. There's like context to it and they get to feel like they were a part of it. And that was the idea we came up with, which I guess maybe we'll we'll say for like anyone that didn't get to be there. Uh, we were kind of teasing that new music was coming out. I mean, we've been doing that forever, but uh, we were like seriously teasing that new music was coming out. And then uh, one day posted this like cryptic PSA thing that was like robot guy telling everyone like you have to go to cleopatrick.com right now which we like redid our website and this was kind of like the launch of our new website and it looks like a 90s desktop computer that anyone can go check out now it's still there but anyways yeah there's like a couple little icons on there um and one of them is dark web we had people go click on that and it loaded up this uh radio stream via the internet that uh was like a bunch of white noise for a couple hours and had like a little chat room and stuff and it kept telling people like come back at this time there's like a countdown clock and you're gonna hear like you're gonna be the first in the world to hear new music from cleopatra and yeah and then like we we made like this full fake radio show that played some ready the prince and played zig and then debuted our new song and it was super fun yeah, dude, it was super rad. And that, like I said, man, I was in just in my living room like, these fucking guys, man, this is like super cool. And it definitely, I mean, at least just speaking for myself anyway, it does accomplish that thing where you're like, there's no show, there's no live stream, but there is that. Like, But they did this like weird like online radio thing that, that kept telling me to wait fucking 20 minutes and then, and then 10 minutes and then uh but it was yeah. i remember i went to the time that it was, it was like four o'clock right and then i was like sweet yeah. here it is four and then i was like come back in 20 minutes and i was like what the fuck i'm, I'm here <laughs> show me the music yeah man people people were like of course they made it 420 yeah uh, that was to- that was totally not by design honestly i thought that it would be like we'd post the link people would go see the countdown clock which lasted like four hours yeah and then they'd leave yeah. and come back yeah. at four and then so i wanted to have that like 20 minute period where um people could like log in basically um at four but instead everyone no well, the majority of people just stayed for four hours <laughs> and then they, and then they were fucking pissed when they had to wait 20 more minutes and i was like I was sitting in my, my basement with my girlfriend. We were both like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my was, God. <laughs> the door's going to get gonna be a busted mutiny. down. Well, dude, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we ended up having to, like, mediate the chat because, like, there was, like, it was just going on forever. And then yeah. there ended up being, like, some kind of rude douchebags in there yeah. saying some, like, homophobic stuff. So we ended up, like, having to, like, fucking, like, be behind the scenes, like, the whole time. Like, just making sure yeah. nobody was being too much of an asshole. Kind of. Yeah. Which is another good example of like, that was, that was like, that gave me a crazy amount of anxiety. Just realizing that like, oh my God, there's people that like our music and also are down to like anonymous, anonymously say some Yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. It's kind of like, like the Wild West on this fucking group chat. Yeah. yeah it's pretty wild. I was like, holy fuck, I, I guess this, this really just isn't just our friends anymore. Like we're appealing to assholes now. Thanks, radio. <laughs> I do have, uh, it's kind of moving on, but I, this is maybe a, a too broad of a question. But do you think that there's like a fundamental problem with, I guess, more so like mainstream rock and roll these days? Because I know we're all kind of uh, rallying against the norm as like new rock bands. Um, but do you think there's I'm, like something that you could maybe point to that's maybe an issue? I think, I mean, I don't, think that the problem lies with the musicians i think that the problem lies with the way the industry is built and the fact that rock music is like one of the first music genres to ever see success with like record sales and the whole like dawning of the recording industry it's just been around for so long that i feel like all all like the 
providers of music don't really know how to handle it anymore. I think that they promote the wrong stuff most of the time. And like when, when NRM kind of talks about like, fuck the fakes or like, I don't know, shit like that. I mean, it's probably a poor choice of words because it might sound like there's some animosity towards musicians, but yeah. that's really not what it is. It's just like, we think that the bands that should be supported are like bands that are coming up. Like there's so many bands in Canada um, like that. Uh, I mean, we could both name 10 right now that yeah. uh, like just deserve their music to be heard. They're writing these songs in basements that are 10 times better than any of this top playlist rock this, you know, stuff. And I guess also, I mean, this is personal opinion. Who knows really what, what is better? Nothing is better. But I think in my mind, like, you should be supporting the people that don't have 20 producer credits on their song because they need that support. Whereas these other people are clearly connected. They're clearly selling out these shows. Like, they're, they're good, you know? Playlists should be helping people discover new music, not just helping to inflate the careers of people that have it really good anyways i realize that maybe we're going to eventually get to the point where that's a bit hypocritical because we receive so much playlisting support but we're also trying to leverage that to promote our friends and that's kind of what nrm that's another piece of what nrm is about is ideally we want to get to the point where like our nrm list of fans is so big that we can start our own playlists and be even bigger than these playlists that people are listening to right now and, and be able to put bands on that like really deserve these listeners. That's something I've, uh, I've always been like really impressed with with you guys is that like, despite your growing success, like your stories are always filled with <clears throat> bands I've never fucking heard of before. And then you go to Spotify and it's like, well, they, they don't really have like many monthly listeners or whatever. Like that's fucking awesome. It's a whole re like the whole reason I'm friends with Ray the Prince is because you guys had a story one time. That I think it said, "If you don't listen to Ray the Prince, fuck you." And I was like, "Oh, who the fuck are, who the fuck are these guys?" <laughs> wow, fuck me! Yeah. I, guess. Like, I gotta look these guys yeah. up. And then I heard Dead Roads, and I was like, "Yeah, Jesus Christ, these guys are awesome." But that's that's important, and I think that's something that uh, is just, like as small as my reach is right now. Like that's something that I try to constantly do, both with the podcast or like my own band or whatever it is. Like if there's anything new that I hear that I think is awesome, like I try to let as many people know about it as possible. Yeah, man. And that's important in guitar music because I think all the other genres, their, their playlists and their support seems to be pretty even. Like when, when someone's new and they're fantastic, they can kind of like make it. But like we, we got so fucking lucky with Spotify. Like to be a, a rock band from Coburg, Ontario that was completely independent and we were the cover of Rock This like twice. That's never happened before. I remember Ali telling us like this doesn't happen. And so it's like, uh, actually, you know what? I kind of lost my point there. But <laughs> that's it. Actually, it wasn't. It wasn't just to talk about how sick we are. <laughs> well, it's almost. It's almost like there's there's so much not really competition, but there's so much content out there, and there's so many guitar bands that it's like it's hard for when everyone's trying to come up for everyone to be keeping in mind that you got to be pumping everyone else up at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, that's exactly what I was hoping to say. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. It's like we got so lucky and we're just trying to share that luck. And I think that it's it's like a really healthy thing for just, it's not like a competition in guitar music. Everyone yeah, should just be lifting course. each other up. Of course. Uh, that actually just reminded me, I, I forgot I had a quick follow-up uh, in terms of Ali. Did, did she ever find out or did you ever tell her that I was actually you? Yeah, like I... I think she, we just talked about it like uh, last month or something because <laughs> she was talking, she has like her podcast on, on Spotify uh, called Rock This with Ali Hagendorf and she knew we were putting out good grief and stuff and so we were DMing and she was going to play like hometown on, on the thing and she was just kind of like asking like, you know, like I don't really remember how, like how did this relationship start and I was like, well, actually <laughs> and she thought it was hilarious so. yeah yeah <laughs> now okay. that uh we've been on the playlist a bunch of times so uh, promise you won't be mad <laughs> yeah we get, we get locked out don't of, take our fans we away. get locked out of spotify immediately <laughs> yeah <there's, laughs> we owe them money somehow yeah yeah you go on like all the streams are somehow like gone you're like yeah. how did how did you <laughs> yeah. even do this it's like yeah. that justin timberlake movie with the number on your arm just yeah. de depletes to zero yeah how does hometown have on the cover of don't rock this just yeah. as revoked <laughs> Holy shit. Um, okay, we I got some fan questions that I want to get to, but I have uh, I have one more question that if if you did listen to the past uh, the Zig and the Ray the Prince podcast, I'm pretty sure I brought this up on both of them. Uh, I don't know how much you like getting in to lyrics, but with this one specific song, I gotta ask you about it. Uh, so the depths, the song the depths off of the Boys EP. I also grew up in a small town. 
uh, of Meaford, Ontario. And I've never related to a song like so specifically in my entire life. Like obviously there's a bunch of modern baseball songs that I'll cry myself to sleep to, but like the, the <laughs> depth specifically, especially like specifically the second verse, like the whole like partying in a field, hockey boys with baseball caps. Is that how true to your high school experience is that song? I don't mean to blow up your spot or whatever, but <laughs> no, no, no. But I gotta know. Yeah, that was one of the first songs that like I was really like honest on. I actually remember like playing it the first few times and like feeling kind of nervous to say these mm. things because like yeah before then like songs if i had to say something personal i'd do it from someone else's perspective or like you know whatever but yeah yeah that was like just like being a guy in a small town i mean you're surrounded by other guys in our case like ian and i are pretty timid and in high school we had a really small group of friends and we weren't we didn't really run with like the hockey dude crowd mm -hmm. and they weren't the best guys uh, but I remember like, you're just confused at that age in general. And I remember thinking like, whether it was things they'd say about girls or about, I, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't think I need to give specific examples. Yeah. We all, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember thinking like, should, like, am I supposed to be doing that stuff? Like, yeah. am I, am I supposed to, like, am I not a guy enough? Right. And it was really I don't know, it tripped me out. And especially the party thing, because, like, I never really went to parties in, in high school. Uh, not that I wasn't always invited, but I just, I knew that I couldn't really handle those situations. Just honestly being around those guys made me, like, a completely different person. Like, just not not a bad person, but, like, I wouldn't talk. I, I was just a shell of who I normally was. <laughs> yeah, like, but then, you know, parties would happen and you'd hear about them on Monday and I would, I'd feel like I missed out on something, yeah. which is, which is like, I remember going to sleep on Friday nights, like early after watching like 10 Vsauce videos or something. <laughs> um, and, and thinking like, does like everything important happen when I'm sleeping? Like w when I go to school on Monday, everyone's going to be talking about these things. And I just, I just know like the trajectory earth is on in, in the respect to the Milky Way galaxy yeah. or some shit. Michael <laughs> Stevens told me. So that's, that's kind of what that song is about. And the second verse is like, a little bit more of like some anger um towards that whole thing i just remember uh when like the lyrics like when i first like heard them for the like and they resonated with me first like the pre-chorus i was like man this is i felt dumb because i was like this is the pre-chorus i've been trying to write for like ever and never never made it happen but just that whole second verse i was like dude if i wrote these same words they would be just as true to like my mm -hmm. high school experience and like I said, like I've never related to a song like so literally before. But yeah, like when I when I was in grade eleven, we had a junior B hockey team come to like our like our town got a junior B team, and so there was like guys that were in like their early twenties coming to high school mm -hmm. parties, and just inevitably, man, like yeah. fights would happen. Like when there would be like party invites, they would like specifically say like, "Don't bring the knights." And it's midnight every time they would be rolling up the driveway and there would always be a fight. And it was just always, it's like, you guys are in your twenties. Like, what are you doing yeah, here? So like it was just, and obviously like just, yeah, other shit that you would hear or like, you just be like, yeah. this is unreal that, these, that like there's adults doing this shit and just, yeah, I never, uh, I never related. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really cool to hear that, that, uh, you felt these things because I, I, I always think about like where songs might end up uh, as they're being written. And, and I, I remember thinking like, wow, I wonder if anyone's really going to get this or if I'm just going to sound like a, a dork. So there's always, it's cool, man. There's always another small town kid in a small town you've never heard of that. <laughs> An even smaller town yeah. in, a, in, a, in a hamlet or yeah. something. <laughs> you should jam. We do a segment before we get to the fan questions called You Should Jam. Uh, so I always like to just throw the olive branch out there. Uh, whatever you want. Usually if you got some like small town local local suggestions for people to listen to or just whatever you've been, you guys have been listening to lately, uh, fire them out there. Whatever you think we should be listening to. Yo, the Effins just put out this crazy song called Pavement Age that is so catchy and I'm totally obsessed with. And then it, And then that coming out made me go back to their EP um, and the first song on their EP, Burn Bush, is nuts. And so those two songs, if you like grungy, poppy guitar music, those two songs are epic. Perfect. Um, and I've, I've listened to them 
like 10 times each today. <laughs> awesome. The FNs. Ian, what do you got? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think without pulling up any, I'm, <laughs> I mean, Luke, Luke did an outstanding job. Normally with questions like these, we're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> 10 seconds. Yeah. I'm trying to think I, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. I feel like I've been blanking this whole, this whole time. To be <laughs> oh, honest, no, but that's, you've been killing it. It's got scalp potatoes in the brain. Yeah. Quiet, <laughs> quietly. I've actually been eating them. The whole time. <laughs> oh, dude, I wish we were doing a video. <laughs> yeah. That's why I've been so quiet. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm sorry. I'm All right. Well, we can come back to you. We yeah. Back just to you. We'll, we'll just get, blurt it out whenever you think of something. Just yeah. Blurt yeah. It out. We'll, we'll get to some, we'll get to some, uh, some fan questions. And anytime you think of a band, just impulsively spit it out into the universe. <laughs> Thanks guys. You no guys problem. We're very accommodating. Yeah. Here on whatever you need. Best, whatever you need. Best podcast ever. I take back <laughs> oh, nice. Said. nice. That's going in the intro. We for redeemed sure. ourselves. Yeah. We full fucking 360. <laughs> Nicest guys. <laughs> Okay, I got I got one more uh, for you guys. So uh, I I won't lie, I did reach out uh, to one Stephen DeCanthus, uh this morning, and I said, "Hey man, Cleo's coming on the show tonight. Is there something kind of ridiculous I can ask them at the end?" And he took he literally just sent me hmm, and then there was 15 minutes between his next text message, and I said, <laughs> "I said, is hmm an inside joke? What am I supposed to say to these guys?" I was just spit out uh, my water from that. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> You literally, I, I went to my phone. I was like, he said, hmm, and it's 1230, and he sent that at 1215. All right, 60. That's awesome. Uh, but then he did say, uh, there has been people uh, post-show uh, that have asked you to like draw stuff on them, and then they've went and got it tattooed. Uh, oh. So I was is there anything wow. like crazy that somebody's asked you to draw on them that's become a tattoo or, or any crazy post-show requests? There's been some stuff. I mean, as far as, as, far as tattoos go, there's been there's been quite a few tattoos, which is always a trip because like it feels like we're kind of a part of the decision, and I don't really like that responsibility. <laughs> right, right. But, but also, this person clearly really cares about our our music and stuff. So like, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to say no. Um, totally. So there's been like tattoos of lyrics and stuff, which is totally cool, and and that really, that's an honor. Uh, and sorry, so are, so is every tattoo, but uh, the ones that have just been like crazy and funny and random i think i think it was in amsterdam the the notable one that steve was present for where this guy like came up to us and um we'd like we played at this place called paradiso and uh there was like another show happening in the same room like after we were done so we had to leave and normally we would like hang with everyone that came to the show so i said to like the crowd like yo you can come meet us out front like near the van and and we'll hang out for a bit and then everyone from the, the show like <laughs> it might have been like like 300 to 500 kids came and just like surrounded our van oh, oh my Same. god and we just like went through them one by one and it was honestly one of the best nights of my life it, dude it yeah was such, they were the coolest people the, every single person was the nicest person you've ever met honestly yeah like, <laughs> it was adorable when we received everyone was just handing us joints and giving us warm hugs and like telling us like these nice stories about how they discovered our band it was incredible but anyways this one really stoked guy comes up and takes his shirt off and from my perspective he just came to me and he already had a drawing on him i'm pretty sure <laughs> from ian and uh he was like yo ian just drew this on me like kid and it's like a self-portrait um because i think i mean um, you can you can say whatever he said to you ian but didn't he like just come up to you and ask him to he asked you to draw anything right yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but I, I, I'll also say I totally misunderstood, and I thought he just—it was a fun thing for the moment. Like he said, I, I swore he just asked for me to draw something on him, and that was it. And I was like, sure, man. And it was the worst. Like not even intentionally. I was just like, kind of like a little socially like kind of anxious and just like trying to draw something when my hand was shaking and I drew the worst face of all time. Like just <laughs> unintentionally. Like, just a fun little, cute, terrible, brutal drawing. <laughs> it was your great-grandfather, Fraser. It was Fitzpatrick. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so then this guy came came to me, and he was like, uh, yo, Ian just drew on me, like, can uh, it's like a self-portrait, can you draw one too? And I also didn't realize what it was for. I thought it was also just for fun. So so I just drew a, f- a photo of myself. Um and I think we, I think we even labeled them like Ian and Luke. <laughs> and then he, he like, I finished up. I was like, yeah, there you go, man. And he was like, uh, this is awesome. I'm going to get this tattooed tomorrow. 
And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, I'll send you a photo as soon as it happens. And then like, uh, just disappeared into the crowd. And we were like, that can't be real. Yeah. And Did you get the photo? Behold, yeah, lo and behold, the next day we're all like, we woke up in this beautiful like field somewhere in the Netherlands with Ready the Prince. We all met up outside and pulled out my phone, checked the DMs and, and there's this message from this guy. Actually, no, sorry. It wouldn't have been in the morning, but it was at some point that day. I was going to say uh, he got a tattooed while he was pissed drunk. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I will getting say, the timeline wrong. I, I think he, uh, I don't think he ended up getting mind drawn on him though. Or at least he, maybe he only sent a picture of like the first stage with mine mm. smudged. Either, I, I'm hoping mine just smudged in the night and he was like, oh, I can't get it done. Or maybe he just was like, uh, maybe I can just do the one. You know what I mean? Because mine was like, <laughs> yeah. So bad, man. That's awesome. So I wound up, uh, I wound up getting a parking lot tattoo in the uh, parking lot of the Horseshoe Tavern. Uh, My first tattoo ever uh, by Sad Stab. Big shout out to her. Um, But uh, yeah, I've I've definitely I've encountered those uh, those post show tattoos before. They're uh, they're pretty interesting. Something something (laughs) exciting about it, man. Like that's that's super cool, super fun. Yeah, totally. There's stories behind that kind of shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that guy, that guy's a real one. He forfeited a post-gig shower just to keep that on his that's body. True. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 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 Like, that's honestly, that's honorable. Seriously. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, man. All right. Well, I won't keep you guys uh, any longer. Was there anything, uh, anything else you wanted to mention before we uh, stop recording here? Man, I don't think so. I, I think I just want to say thanks. This has been really oh, fun. This has been a lot of I, fun, guys. I appreciate it. We can uh, we can stop recording here in a second and we can say goodbye uh, off air. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This was fucking awesome. And uh, maybe next time we can do it in person. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Let's hope for that. And fucking uh, and hopefully we can play a show together one day for real. Absolutely, yeah. man. That'd be rad. Absolutely. All right, cool. We can stop recording and uh, and we'll say goodbye off air. So, uh, Sweet. Patrick, everybody, thanks. Cheers. Peace.